Welcome to Dissecting the 80s. I am Trip Lano, one half of the Mega Podcasting Powers, and with me as always is my tag team partner, a man who always travels with only what he needs to survive, the Macho Mandrew. Andrew Lano. And that does include my industrial strength hairdryer. Uh, good, good bit. One of my favorites. Uh, I've, if this is another case of so many of my notes are like, this is my favorite bit. This is another favorite bit. Yeah. I will say, I have not watched this in a long time, and I liked it less than I remembered liking really? it. Maybe I'm just a little over Star Wars. It's possible that that's just like, I just have It could be. I mean, I have- myself over Star I'm Wars. so like, not in the Star Wars realm <laughs> at all right now, so maybe that's why I can still kind of enjoy it, because I only saw the first yeah. of the new ones. Oh, right. Yeah, I remember you saying that you just were like, yeah, I don't really care. And I was like, yeah, that's fine. Yeah. We, we saw it together. We the The one- the reboot, basically. We saw it at the, yeah, at the yeah, movie yeah. theater. And then I was like, because always, I've always kind of felt this way about Star Wars that like, it's fine. Like if it's on in a room or someone is like, hey, a bunch of us are hanging out. We're going to watch, we're going to throw on Star Wars. I'm not going to like huff and puff, but I'm not going right. to suggest it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I, re- I rewatched Blazing Saddles not long ago and it was like, oh, this is funnier than I remember. This is a masterpiece. And this one, I was like, this is good, but I, you, you see the, you see the edges. But anyway, we, we'll get into it as we go. Uh, we, of course, are talking about uh, first Mel Brooks, which is bonkers for how much we both yeah. like him. Although I guess only two 80s movies, I'm pretty sure. What's the other one? Uh, History of the World, I'm pretty sure is 80s. Mm. Mm-hmm. Which is apparently coming to Hulu as a television show somewhat soon. With him? With him involved. Yeah, I don't know. It seems like a bad idea. Yeah. Anyway, we watch Spaceballs, so you know what that means. We gotta go back. We gotta go dissect the 80s. It's your Schwartz. Someone's gonna about your Schwartz. When the mega powers explode. I'm talking about the 80s. Oh, yeah. Great Scott. Cream of the crop. Oh, yeah. Mega power, yeah! When this baby hits 88 miles per hour, you're gonna see some serious shit. Also, it, it, if you don't, you, you can't have Madeline Kahn, yeah. so I can't, I can't be, I cannot be interested if you don't have Madeline sure. Kahn and B. Arthur. Well, well, I think the difference, this is gonna be, so that's History of the World part, what's the joke? Part one, and then they never made a sequel. Okay. Well, so this is gonna be History of the World part two. I mean, so it's like ostensibly new people. And like Mel Brooks is probably only very tangentially going to be involved in this. I mean, he's 90. I was going to he's real I old think. now. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I can't imagine how heavily he's involved. Yeah. <laughs> it just seems impractical that he's going to do he a could lot. Still be, he because he loves know. writing. So it could be that he's just very involved in writing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they also, I don't know. Did you know that there was a Spaceballs cartoon? I just only in like, because I, I was like, I wonder what Princess uh, Vespa has done other than this. It was like, she also did the voice for the cartoon show. And I was like, the what now? Yeah. Uh, I found out about it after. It's like it, 10 like, years old. Right? It's only, it gets pretty recent, right? Like 2009. Yeah. Or eight or nine. Yeah. And I, like it was, I was in college. So I was in like prime adult swim watching. Like I watched all the time to- because I didn't have, you know, I, I had stuff on DVD, obviously, but I, you know. I had cable and I was primo Aqua Teen Hunger Force time. Yeah, yeah. Well, also I was watching reruns. Like I watched all of King of the Hill on uh, Cartoon Network Adult Swim. Oh, I forgot they did that. All of Futurama on on Cartoon Network reruns. Like that's how I first watched Futurama. Mm. You know, Family Guy, which I liked at the time. You know, all that stuff I was watching. 
nightly. So the the fact that they put this out and it missed me is bonkers. But I watched like uh, just a couple minutes. I, I, that was all I could handle. It is so cheap. What is it trying looking. to be? Each episode is a parody of a different thing. So, like, one is superheroes, one is science fiction, one is, like, it's, like, the uh, space oh, so, ball so, I mean, characters. Like, I was thinking the cartoon was, like, trying to bank off of, like, the Simpsons Family Guy stuff. It's, like, not trying to be another cartoon. <sighs> I mean, I guess, but it's, like, the style is almost like those web cartoons you remember like the early yeah, days of like flash, flash cartoons like mm-hmm. like not homestar runner but the happy tree that, friends like, uh, i don't know that particular one but like the, if you look at a picture of it you could just see how cheap the animation looks and it's like oh this is this is slapdash gotcha. this is like as quickly and as cheaply as we can produce this mel brooks is going to do the voices so that's all we're paying for it was mel brooks princess vespa and only one other person came back i think Right. Well, you know, Candy was dead at that point. R.I.P. Uh, I'm I'm pretty sure Dick Van Patten also dead, who played the king. Oh yeah, and not not 100 percent sure, but I think so. And then Moranis was retired. Yeah. Although, if it's you a cut a guy retirement. a big enough check, if you cut a guy a big enough check to get into a friggin' vocal recording studio, I mean, like that feels like one where it's like, hey, we could have gotten the guy. If we well, could've. he had just maybe not just he had recently. And compared to that, done the uh, weird computer animated Rudolph sequel. Oh, really? Yeah. He voiced the villain, the toy stealer or something, or the toy taker. Okay. Um, and I remember it's just this very weird thing. I think it basically was sort of like, I wanted something for my kids and like, just to sort of like, it was sure. an easy paycheck and I could like, in terms yeah. of, I can just go to a booth and still be a dad. Right, right. I was there for, it was like a week where I worked like, you know, 10 to 4. I showed up in sweats and it was... Yeah. They they gave me herbal tea and then I, you know, went along all my... I did a goofy yeah. voice, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so uh, speaking of things that are bad, I watched this on my DVD copy. I don't know if... I have the Blu-ray copy. Oh, okay. Uh, does the Blu-ray copy include the insane animated menus... No, my it's it's mine is the early Blu-ray where it's like everything is sort of like clean and like things will rise up out of the box. Like if you hit hover over scene selection, a thing, little thing rises up. Okay, so I have a DVD which is like, and it's like one of those things that you forget because you don't take out your DVD copy of Spaceballs all that often if you're me. But the the menus are animated, and so like you put the thing in. Oh, it's one of the special features this- interactive menus that was always my favorite. Oh, it's yes, but it's worse than that because like you put it in and it takes like a good 15 or 20 seconds to do like random one off lines from the movie as it like crawls over a very poorly drawn like science fiction space control panel. Mm-hmm. And then when you finally can click play movie, it takes th- I'm not exaggerating 30 actual seconds for the movie to start because it starts bleeping and blooping and things start moving and then it like first it jumps to hyperspeed then it jumps to ludicrous speed then it, then it like you hear like a break sound and then and it's just like oh my god start the movie Calm down improv troupe but also it's fascinating to me because like I guess the idea was like anyone who owns the DVD has seen the movie before. Yeah. But if you've never seen the movie f- before, which is like not impossible <laughs> that somebody would be borrowing this from a friend, renting oh, it yeah. or purchasing it. It's like, oh, I've always wanted to see that. I'm just going to buy it. It's on sale. 
it like gives you details about the movie. And like, obviously that doesn't matter for Spaceballs, but I've seen that before with like the Halloween DVD had like animated sequences that showed you scenes from the end of the movie. Oh, that's crazy. So yeah, 30 actual seconds to start the movie. That is crazy. Um, so we start with, you know, we're doing Star Wars here. And so like Mel- most Mel Brooks parodies, there's like one th- particular thing that is sort of the... It's the, the first scary movie. Sure, yeah. It's, it's yeah, one plot, and then they're pulling a couple things to sort of shade and sprinkle. Yeah, which I think is the ultimate way to do a spoof. It's like you want to take the plot from something that is familiar so people are like, got it, I know what we're doing. And then in there you can keep you know hanging. It's like a Christmas tree. I think what you, you mean is you should have a plot in your parody movie. Yes. Because yes. they yes. all, I feel, I haven't, I have not seen any of them past date movie. Um, oh boy. <laughs> I, I admitted that one. That's growth. <laughs> I, re- I remember you being like, it's really funny. And I was like, it yeah, is. Yeah, because I was it a child seem- and stupid. I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. But I, I was like, you had started to have like, like good takes at this point. Like, I remember being disappointed because it was just like. No, oh, like, his takes aren't good like, yet. Yeah, yeah. It was like, it was like you were almost ready. Like you were almost ready to come out of the oven. Mm-hmm. And it was like. The like, toothpick like, had like, a lot edges, of stuff on it. The, the, like the edges were cooked, right? Mm-hmm. Of the, it was ready to eat. And then the middle was just goo. You had given me some sort of edge-based recommendation. I was like, oh, okay. Like, this is, okay, this is cool. And then this one came after it. And I was like, oh, it's just like <laughs> loose batter in here. It's not even warm. Uh, yeah, I do. I do. I do recall. And also, I think that movie is like 72 minutes long. I love like, a short. That one tracks. I will always <laughs> recommend a 72 minute. <laughs> well, it's like when like, you, the other day you texted me in real life about Nightmare Before Christmas and watching it twice. And I was like, it's 75 minutes. Um, I did not know that. Yeah. Truly, I, you know, you know, that's another one where I just. I, I meant to ask the, you, have you, if you have actually like seen it? No, no. I got to be honest with you. I still like. I hear the music, and I still, I'm still like, ugh. Well, because it wasn't just me. It wasn't it in college. You also had friends who were in, super into it and like well, ruined it too. It was like kept it going. No, no. no I mean, so what? <laughs> You loved it, and mm-hmm. so it was like a tape that you would like finish, hit stop, rewind, and start again. Which now that you say it's seventy five minutes, does make some sense there. Yeah, but you would just like wear that thing out, and then it became like a cultural phenomenon. And I just remember being like, "This thing sucks. How does everybody not think this sucks? What are we doing here?" And it really, it was just like, "I'm sure it's fine. Like, I'm sure if I was able to watch it." At its base, like, it's a story of someone feeling like they. Uh, have outgrown their situation and that they have dreams more yeah. than what people expect from them. It's any Disney movie, but it's just yeah, spooky. Yeah. Uh, and and Henry Selleck actually has a movie coming out later this year with Key and Peele involved. It looks dope and is oh, really? also stop motion. Oh wait, yeah, I think I, I remember that. I think I remember the I think trailer. I probably sent it to you. Yeah, it looks it looks really good. I'm excited for it. But yeah, I think it was just like. It was like the goth kid Bible mm-hmm. and was just like ubiquitous. And so it just was everywhere. The movie that people wore the tape out, uh, metaphorically speaking, in college was Elf, which is oh, why I just yeah. I cannot. It's like, I didn't like the movie to begin with. And then it was just like the only movie people wanted to watch between November and January. And I was yeah. just like, anything else? There's so many choices. Just anything else. But. Uh, that you know that goes back to my you know Will Ferrell is better as a third banana guy. Yeah. That's just my personal take on Will Ferrell. Yeah, Nightmare Before Christmas is seventy five minutes and breezy, so it is easy to watch yeah. at Halloween yeah. and then sometime around Christmas. 
Yeah. To me, that is uh, firmly, firmly a Christmas movie. Like, it is so totally about Christmas to me. Really? It's just like, yeah. Yeah. See, it, again, again, I haven't watched yeah. it in 20 years, but I just like. So much of the movie, movie takes place in Halloween Christmas. Town and like what it's right, to Halloween it's Town not, aesthetics. But it's, it is spooky characters celebrating Christmas. Not yet. To me. They get to do but that. that's the whole. Right. But like. Any movie where the crux is like, y'all should celebrate Christmas, which is like most Christmas movies, is like, yeah. you don't like Christmas, it's like, so I just, that to me puts it in that box. This is not a, I do not, I do not, to be clear, care how anyone enjoys the movie. But for me, that's a Christmas theme, so that's a Christmas movie. Mm-hmm. But I don't, if you want to watch it in March, that, God bless, you know, I don't care. Yeah. Life is short. <laughs> Enjoy it. Uh, yeah, so that's, that, that's where I come down to that. But yes, um... I don't know how we got there. I can't remember either. Okay. The text crawl. Oh, you know, no, no, no. Yeah. I, I remember what I said. Uh, I don't <laughs> date movie because I haven't seen any of the ones after mm, that are like mm, epic mm, movie, mm. superhero yes, movie, yep, whatever. Yep, yep, yep. But yep, like, yep. I am based on what like trailers I have seen. I don't think those have plots. I think they're just doing the thing of like, I'm Harry Potter. And it's like, yeah. And, and yes. he's like, it- bye. It's like movie versions of the Bill and Ted show yes, from yes. Uh, Halloween Horror Nights back in the day. Without, well, with probably less homophobia, not no homophobia. Yeah, I mean, who's to say how much homophobia there is? As I'm saying, it's probably less, but not none. Uh, but the crawl, like the 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 fanfare is very John Williams esque. It's re- like that. Even that level of the parody is very solid. And but then the, I also like that they sort of like goofify it with this with a little like laser sounds. Yes, yeah, yeah. Which is more like and theme parky than it is actual John Williams. Absolutely, yeah. And then the other thing I, I was I was wondering, and I didn't look this up, like presumably they had figured out how to do this a little easier, but like have you ever seen how insanely difficult it was to film the Star Wars? It was crawl? like glass, right? Yes. And like uh, they had this like camera rig that like they had to be able to move the camera and the thing in opposite directions. And it was like this insanely difficult thing. And now it is literally it's probably the first thing they programmed into iMovie. Oh, I'm <laughs> sure. Like how to because I mean, it's I in iMovie, do it on my phone is like, no, you absolutely can. It is a default filter in iMovie. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. You can do it. Different. But I was just saying like. That was probably like they probably did chirons of just like white text in the corner. And then step two was like, OK, the Star Wars crawl. Yeah, for sure. Um, but I like it's like it's pretty good. Like even the way the text is written is very Star Wars esque. And then they give you one joke at the end of like, if you can read this, you don't need glasses, which I really like that. That that puts the tone correctly yeah. in the right place to me. So. One of my favorite jokes, because I, I have these, ra- I have random little jokes burned into my brain that I, I, I'm like, these aren't, other people don't think these are that funny or notice them or remember them, but my brain right, has right. soaked them up. Like the paper towels bit from Great Muppet Caper. Sure, yeah. Like, I objectively know it's not funny, but it will make me laugh right, no right. matter what. Yeah. In the text crawl, it says, unbeknownst to the princess, but nonced to us. And for some reason, the phrase yeah. nonced to us, I, I, I go to say that and I'm like, don't. Don't do that because no one's <laughs> you don't no one's gonna get you're gonna lose the room. I uh <laughs> literally later in my notes was like this is something I say all the time and no one ever gets it mm-hmm. and I, I still do it anyway. I can't remember what it is. We'll get there right now, but it's in my notes, so we will come to it. But yes, it's the same exact thing of like this is gonna be a joke for me and that's fine. Well sometimes it's be scary to lose the room like that. Like when you feel like you got him, yeah. you're holding them and then all of a sudden you're like, Oh no, 
Yeah, I just was recently listening to an interview where a, a guy was ta- who is an actor, but he he started doing improv, and he was saying like he started doing improv like between five and 10 years later than most of the peers he was working with. And he realized very quickly, he's like, it helped me out actually made me a better improviser because I couldn't just make pop culture references because my pop culture was not their pop culture. And it was just like dead every time. And so I was like, that's okay, clever. I can't make that. Like I, that's a crutch joke, which like I make them all the time. Um, just like, yeah, no, you can't just do that. <laughs> yeah. I always remember I was in a, a gay crowd and someone said something about, like ecstasy or molly or some joke about a drug and i was like oh yeah i can't do that because then you'll end up sleeping with mila kunis black swan reference and everyone laughed and i was like cool 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 i'm gonna go i'm gonna go for a second joke and i reached too far and i was like and then you'll break barbara hershey's hands and then everything goes wrong and i i could feel that i lost <laughs> everyone uh-huh. and they looked and i was like the it happens like right after that in black swan it was still. It was like, the problem. Was, it was a, this another Black Swan reference from two seconds after you. She fucks Mila yeah. Kunis, and yeah. I was like, "Okay, well, let me figure out how to <laughs> how do I spin this." Yeah, yeah, I've I've been there. I don't have one to pull out. That's just, it. Just there. I might because I have anxiety. My brain will never let me forget that one. Yeah, uh, that's how that works. Unfortunately. Uh, this gag is one that I think is really delightful because it makes you laugh twice because it's like the ship. It's the it's the gag of the really big ship from A New Hope, which like in A New Hope, it's like, oh, man, that thing's terrifying. And then in this one, it's like it's got to be close to six or seven feet long. It's based on brilliant. The model. And it's like it keeps going. It keeps going. And you you laugh once of like, oh, it's still going. And then it's like a beat, a beat. A beat and it's still going and then you laugh again because it's like i cannot believe that they have and then they, 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 they heard the bumper sticker yes yes i do wonder do you do you think it looked as modely as it did like i i found myself watching it this time noticing how cheap everything looked like obviously they didn't have a ton of budget and making a science fiction movie like even a Silly one is expensive, and and obviously you cut the corners where you can cut the corners. But I like this ship looked very modely to me in a way that like the Death Star doesn't necessarily. I don't know. I I, I felt like it looked like you know original Star Warsy. Okay. Okay. Had the same. I also vibe. wonder if your if your Blu-ray versus my DVD is a factor. That could be. That could very well be. I cleaned it up a little. We mean Colonel Sanders. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. And uh, and Dark Helmet. I almost said Lord Helmet. <laughs> it's Dark Helmet. I I never noticed before that Dark uh, Dark Helmet has a penis on his chest. This is a oh his tie for me is it, the tie is a penis. Yes, it's very clearly a penis. Mm-hmm. Well, his helmet is a head. So yeah, no, I get that part has always been obvious. Well, I think that's I what it is. It's it's look over here, look over here. Also, there's a secret one. Yeah, yeah. I always love his <laughs> tiny little shorts. They look kind of diapery too. It looks very uncomfortable to wear. He's clearly wearing like um, tights and then this over the tights, and it just looks awful. It's so cute and silly. Um, so there's this woman I really like on I don't know if it's Instagram or YouTube. I whatever whatever app is trying to be TikTok now. She's a cosplayer, but she's like and does like legit. I've like sculpted armor like. Everything involved, and then she blew up from doing Dolores from HR for the Empire. 
where she just wears okay. like a helm like a very basic boring outfit but like does a bit yeah. and it's really funny and that's what she blew up for i'm like, like i feel bad for you that like you put in all this work to everything else and the thing that blew up was like not that yeah yeah but i mean that's how it goes she go she went to like some big star wars convention she went to d23 and like uh, other comic cons and she printed out business cards with like infractions and like i'm writing you up so that she oh nice just walks up to people and like is like hello i have to write you out like she wrote a guy was dressed as dark helmet and she was like i have to write you up for impersonating on lord veda here you go please sign to acknowledge <laughs> you have received <laughs> that's great and like most people play along with her because she's now become like kind of known of like oh dolores yeah yeah that's great that's a good bit um Rick, obviously, super fun to watch here. He he blasts this dude in the dick, which is very I like funny. the added ring element to the Schwartz force situation. Yes. Yeah. Well, they they kind of like do they get both things out of it. They have it be like the power center for the force pushing and then also the lightsaber. Yeah. It's just it's a clever way to sort of build upon this the spoof. Yeah. And the other thing that I noticed in, in this watch that I haven't really clocked as in, in previous ones is it's really like the set design and stuff is less star Wars and more just general 60, 70 science fiction. I feel like. Yeah. It's definitely got more of a, like, I don't want to say Barbarella, but like that sort of cheesy like, yeah, feel like to it. Logan's run. Yeah. Logan's run type stuff. I mean, a little bit of 2001, a space odyssey, although obviously like not ex- aggressively or Stanley like Kubrick that. is rolling yeah. over in his grave three times. Exactly. No, I'm saying they're no, just they're the fact that you would compare that. Spaceballs to 2001: A Space Odyssey. Stanley Kubrick. No, is. I'm saying Spaceballs is like as much goofing on this set design of 2001 as Star Wars. I'm not saying it. I'm not saying it's like a perfect combo of the two. Right? I know you're not saying that, but I was just <laughs> Stanley Kubrick. No, Stanley Kubrick is an asshole. I'm there. I said it, so he can roll over as many times as he needs to. Um. Dot Matrix. Well, also Mr. Coffee and Mr. Radar. Oh, yeah, yeah. Which are great jokes. That's, that's, yeah, classic Mel Mel Brooks stuff that Rick is confused by all of it, too, is really nice. It it is interesting. Um, Clearly, Colonel Sanders is, like, the smartest of our three bad guys, although he's also pretty stupid. Yeah. And Rick sort of bounces betwixt Colonel Sanders and... President Scroob in terms terms of... Smartness. Stupidity. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like, he, he, like, he, he, he... Whatever the scene needs, he does. Yeah. So, like, when it's just him and Scroob, he's he's Sanders. And when all three of them are there, he's kind of between. And it's really interesting to watch that dynamic, the, like, that slider shift. shift back and forth as needed. Yeah. I'm not yeah. saying that in the negative. Like, it just is interesting. Like, like, it's good comedy. It's like sometimes he's the straight man. It's how you, yeah, it's guy. being a good comedian. Also, Right. And a team player. Apparently. So, did you, do you remember that seeing that, like, someone in Game of Thrones left a Starbucks cup on yes. set? So, apparently, that is... Not obviously that that is why uh, Dark Helmet drinks out of just plain white styrofoam coffee cups. It's oh, because really? the crew would sometimes leave them around. So Mel was just like, "Here, he's gonna drink out of one too. It's gonna make it a bit." Yeah, that's yeah. If you can't hide it, show it. Right, right. Yeah, it does make a lot of sense. <laughs> yeah, the idea of having like a space future with styrofoam cups. I guess it's a long time ago, but uh, yeah. Well, I actually I don't think this so one says a long time ago. I think this one just says. Uh, uh, I thought it says. Does it say far, far away? It says. Ver- it's, it it says em- like far, 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 far away. I don't know that it says. Got it. Uh, recently, was playing that blockbuster game that we've talked about before. Uh, 
on uh, the show. It's it's very if you're movie people listen to this, you should look up the blockbuster game. It's very fun. It's inexpensive. But I was playing it and I was going head to head with somebody uh, doing um, movies set in the future was the category. And they said Star Wars. No, but they they were nerdy enough to also not to know they shouldn't. But their team kept doing lightsaber motions to try to get them to guess Star Wars. And, uh, you know, the thing ends. I, you know, one of us won. Who cares? I don't remember. And he, I, he and I were both laughing. I was like, that was so much fun. We had a good one. Like, yeah, a good long run. It's, it's fun to volley. Yeah, yeah, and they're like Star Wars, and both of us were like, "That's set a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away." <laughs> and it was just like, "What?" It's no, it's like it literally says it's the it opening the words of the movie. Yeah, yeah. Oh, speaking of, I asked um, another my other pedantic nerd friend about the Vavitch, and she was like, "I would not have accepted that. You are too nice." Yeah, I, I, I contest that the letter W didn't exist then. So that's how I, it's fine. It's just, I, I was like, it's two years. I was like, let me ask my other like pedantic nerd friend. She'll, I was, I'm curious what she would say. And she immediately was like, no, it's a, it's V's. And I was like, well, damn. <laughs> I also enjoy it as a pedantic nerd person. Like sometimes I see people who go like I take it too far. And then I see people who go farther than me. Somebody was bitching about the fact that in, uh, Fear Street 1994, the AOL Instant Messenger they was using was using the assets from Instant Messenger from 1996, and I was just like, just engage with. How do you know that? Like, no one knows <laughs> that. Like, right? You looked it up. Like, you cannot possibly have that knowledge, like, and be a functional human being. Yeah, that's too much. It's, it'd be one thing if it was like this car is clearly from you know 99 sure. or whatever yeah or yeah. Or, or you could be it could be very simple like oh i know that car was introduced in 99 because i'm a big fan of x brand or whatever yeah like you know the color shifts of aim and the years that they happen go to hell you're lying <laughs> fuck off uh dot matrix deeply stupid joke it's really my fun. favorite because it's such yeah. a good drag name oh sure it would be yeah uh and something i think about well would think about every time I saw a dot matrix printer. I have not seen one in a very long time, but I would chuckle to myself every time that I saw one of those printers. So great, great vocal performance from Joan uh, rivers. Thank you. Yeah, I was like Collins Uh, Crawford. Yeah. I was was like, Nope, Nope, Nope. I almost said London. I'm like, definitely not. Uh, I do. I think you can do to enhance this movie by 5% is imagine that Joan Rivers is in the in suit, the suit. <laughs> yeah, which she definitely is not. But like when when Dot Matrix is like climbing a ladder or stuff, something just like imagining Joan Rivers climbing a ladder is a, just a funny visual. To it me. Is. Like she's just she's a funny, very funny person, but just not somebody I picture doing physical bits which i'm sure she has done in her career like you know you don't need to tweet me of joan rivers doing a great pratfall but it just the idea of joan rivers who i think of as like an 85 year old person like climbing this ladder but also great. someone who's more of like a speaky comedian than yes a, yeah stand up yeah stand up um is king roland supposed to be a joke or reference to something i don't i don't get it if it is i'm sure the answer is yes because it's so know. weird that he is the only one that has like a normal ish name like right. President Scroob is clearly Screwball or whatever, right? And like everyone else is a reference, some kind of reference to something. But then right. Prince Valium, yeah, is ex- sleeping exactly. Yeah. Vespa is uh, the scooter. Like I was like, why is he? Yeah. Why does he have like a real name? Yeah, I don't know. I, I'm not sure. I actually, I just recently watched Soylent Green for the first time, and he has the guy who plays President, uh, or not President, uh, King, the King, Roland. Uh, Dick Van Patten, thank you, uh, has a very small part in uh, in Soylent Green, and I was like, hey, Dick Van Patten! Wait, is Soylent Green a movie? I thought it was a Twilight Zone thing. Uh-uh, it's a movie. And it's 
people, right? So Whitley Green is people. Yeah, yeah, That's, yeah, 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 yeah. I was, yeah. I think because it was a dramatic reveal, I always assumed it was the end of a Twilight Zone episode. You probably, you probably remember the SNL sketch more than you know the movie. Oh, maybe. And you probably don't remember the SNL sketch. You probably just like culturally know the SNL sketch because I is so it I never a, is it, it like a seventies SNL sketch or an. Y- no, it's a like eight nineties one maybe. Okay. Like I think it's like a Dana Carvey era SNL, okay. which I know is not like a hot era for you, but I watched it, so you probably were like in the living room while it was on, sort of thing. Yeah, uh, and I don't remember the sketch, but I remember like my brain's version of it is someone screaming the Starland Green is people, it's people, and he kind of yells it, but not really. Like it's it's also just a very it's like a police procedural that's also sort of set. Oh. Uh, I I watch I've been trying to watch more movies made before 1975. This one just barely qualifies. Um, and uh, it's like a police procedural. He's like trying to solve a murder, and really the murder is like a is guy it like homeless people are getting killed? It's not just homeless people. It's just anybody who dies. They basically like they like if you're tired of living because it's set in the year 2022, which is very funny uh, because it's like, are you tired of living that it's it's not that far off. It's like there's problems with water. There's like rampant homelessness. um, There's food shortage and supply (laughs) issues. I'm like, "Uh, well, well, well. Uh, but yeah, it's like, basically it's like the suicide booth in, uh, Futurama where it's oh, just okay. like, if you're, if you want to check out, you can like go and usually in like in the movie, it's mostly old people that do it that are just like, I, you know, I, I, I just, you know, I'm done. And they like put you in a room and they play like some very nice videos and they, you get to pick the music and you drink something and you fall asleep and that's it. Hmm. All things considered, <laughs> like if you were you know ready to go it's, it seems like a nice way to go um but yeah it, it I, anyway uh, dick van Patten is like one of the people who escorts people to their room where they die oh okay um i love so she princess vespa needs to be this is sort of the whole thrust of the movie princess vespa doesn't want to marry this dip uh prince valium she thinks he's a, a snore so she doesn't want to be involved with him and so she's running away and the the bad guys are trying to catch the princess it's pretty it's not really star wars it's a fairy in any tale. way yeah, it's it's fairy tale stuff, um, but I love so she runs off from Prince Valium, which is like a you know very dumb good dumb joke. Mel Brooks is like very proud of that joke in his autobiography that I read really? earlier this year. I think he he like it's like it's like triple underlined basically of like his Prince Valium and he's always yawning and I was like it's like not the best joke in the it's not in the top ten. Like I thought Prince Valium was already a, a phrase before the movie came out. Prince Valiant, no Prince Valium as like. She's because it's in Beetlejuice. She's a really, yeah. She said, uh, Lydia says that her mom is uh sleeping with Prince Valium tonight. So I think it was like mm. a cultural phrase because of Prince mm. Valiant. That makes sense. He just did the visuals. And Beetlejuice is before 87, right? Because this is this is 35 years old this year. If it's not, it's the same year, okay? Uh, but I love that there's like a like obviously this movie is not as intensely budgeted as you would want it to be to make all these things work. So you have to get kind of creative with, you know, models and the way you shoot things. But I really love the princess Vespa launch sequence here. She runs to her ship. They get in it. This like ramp comes up and a bunch of uh, fog comes out of it. Mm -hmm. And then they cut away and you hear the noise and then the ship is in the air. And it's like just really smart filmmaking of just like, we can build a ramp that costs, you know, whatever it costs. And then we don't have to do anything else. (laughs) Like that, that's all sound after that. Yeah. 
obligatory I miss John Candy because yeah it, it's yeah. it's so good it's a great performance it is a good performance and the other thing that I was thinking watching it is like it's really nice that I guess the thing around his eye is probably glued on and not paint I thought it was paint at first but it's a little ridgy no that that's glued it's that's glued on and he has a little nose prosthesis but it seems like a pretty painless prosthetic sequence to, to do on a daily basis comparatively to what it might be yeah i mean like he also had to carry out a 30 pound battery on his back for the ears so oh so really? it was a trade-off yeah yeah but i was just thinking like when you're if you're gonna make somebody sit in makeup and it's for a goofy movie like don't make them get under full prosthetics all the, for a long unless long you're getting time. doug like, jones in which case go ahead well, I just, you know, you don't want to, you don't want to have to do that every day for months. Like Mel Brooks got the worst where he had to get painted gold for uh, yogurt. And he apparently something. hated it. Of course. How could you not? It, he said it was difficult to wash off in the book. I'm pretty I'm sure. I'm sure. Um, apparently, originally, they like came up with a full headpiece for, uh, for barf. And he yeah. was like, no, I would, I would just hire someone cheaper then. Like, I want to <laughs> see his face. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I just read an article, I guess probably for the 30th anniversary, about Pizza the Hut, who pops up here. Uh, Bill Pullman, by the way, plays that. They somehow managed to make Han Solo and Luke Skywalker into one character, which are like diametrically different characters. Yeah, and it somehow works, which is really impressive. Yeah. But so he's like the he's both the like lost prince and also the roguish. Not Scallion. Scallion. Rap Scallion. (laughs) He is a scallion. I thought you were going to say scallywag, and I was like, I don't know if I'd call him a scallywag. No, he's Uh, a scallion. He's a small green onion. (laughs) Uh, But pizza, the (laughs) I'm imagine now. I'm imagining Veggie Tales face falls, (laughs) like Muppet Babies versions of stuff, but it's Veggie Tales. So they somehow like do a Christian version of space balls, not Star Wars, space balls. Yeah, it's like uh, I mean the it's the that Christian that church that does weird Easter plays that Jenny Nicholson did a YouTube video about. They did Star Wars one year. Yeah, but like there's sort of a Christ narrative in Star Wars, like loosely, obviously. It's not like one to one, but like there is no Aslan. No, no, it's not the most Christ narrative, but it is a Christ-ish narrative. You could, I could see how you squeeze it out of there if you're looking for it. But I want it to be spaceballs. Like I want, I want a small child going through a teleporter and having their ass in the front. <laughs> but also, it needs to be a vegetable. So it needs to like somehow. I don't know what vegetable that makes. Sense I think you for. would it- probably do like a tomato because they can have like bumps in the back. Sure, yeah, they have a little bit of a butt, yeah. Or like a single chickpea. That's a small... I feel like... <laughs> although they did have, they did well, have they... a blueberry once, and she was like the same size as everyone else. She was their... Yeah, I feel like... She was the mayor, and she was French. Well, also, like, if you think about, like, Larry was a tomato, right? No, Larry was a and cucumber. Larry was a, Larry was a cucumber, I'm sorry. Because and... Larry boy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right, and Larry's hairbrush. The tomato was Bob, Bob. the tomato? It was Bob the tomato, yes. Okay. Okay, but Larry and Bob were like relatively the same height. No, so a tomato and a, Larry and Bob they had like a they had like a Devito slash uh, or, or Pesci and uh, Christ, what's his name? Oh, Marv Home Alone. Yeah, me. I, yeah. I don't know the name. Yeah. I, I it's Marv and Harry uh, Harold Harold Daniel Stern. There you go. 
But like so they had like a Pesci Daniel Stern energy. Yes, but visually, physically, they was they were about like if you put a cucumber on its end next to a tomato, they it was sort of about the right height distance. I feel like my average cucumber I'm picking up is like three to four tomatoes high, and I feel like Bob and Larry were relatively. No, insane. I would say Bob was like about one third the size of Larry, maybe half, but okay. more of like a third. Okay, all right. It's been a long I time want... since I've watched. Veggie Tales, but <laughs> I, I, every time I don't know why Veggie Tales had. I guess you must have watched the tapes a lot. I did. That was mom like trying to sneak some Christian. I think it was just Christian mom was like, "Well, if I can't get him to go to church," <laughs> but I I remember making a Veggie Tales joke in college. They got a pretty good reaction in the room, and then our one Jewish friend was like, "What the hell are you guys talking about?" And we were like, "Oh, you know Veggie Tales." And she looked it up, and she's like, "You all watched Christian vegetables?" I didn't know it was, it was as widely like known as it was. Yeah, yeah. Apparently, the Veggie Tales got around. Yeah, I'm surprised that they other the, religions they have didn't the have their own version. Of, like, what do you mean? Like there wasn't like a Jewish, ver- not obviously like not the same company, but like the, there wasn't like some Jewish production company telling Jewish stories. <laughs> it's like it's like the Jewish version is fruit or something. Yeah, it's like sure. 10, it's like they're all ten percent different. Yeah. <laughs> Bob the tomatoes in both. He's like, I'm a fruit. <laughs> um, what were you gonna say? Uh, VeggieTales has the energy of like things produced by fast food companies. Like I, as you were saying that, I was like, animated. "Oh, like Scared Silly, the McDonald's yes, Ronald yes. McDonald uh-huh. and Scared Silly." Uh huh. Uh huh. Uh huh. Yeah. Or like, obviously, this is a higher caliber, but like, you got the X Men tape at the Pizza Hut. Oh like, it yeah. It just felt. It felt. It felt like a giveaway tape. <laughs> like it, like a not. It a really tape. did. Which I'm <laughs> guessing. A giveaway tape seems like how we would have gotten it first. Cause it, yeah, probably, maybe. Because I can't, I, or maybe it's like. We, we are careening towards a Christmas mentary on VeggieTales. And I just, I just want to, I just want to, I just want to say right now that like, I've got my hand, I got one hand on the brake lever and one hand on the throttle. And like, you, I'm with you either way, but you're, we're doing this to, this is a very Thelma and Louise. Like, <laughs> I'll pull the brake lever. Like, we can stop this anytime. We just, this train doesn't have to go to that station. I mean, we can stop this anytime. There's a whole, there's but a the problem is, places. which Veggie Tales do we do? Well, whatever one is shortest, because I don't think I actually want to watch a lot of Veggie Tale. There's a lot of options out there. We'll we'll yes. we'll just we'll take this one offline. Yeah. Um anyway, they managed to take Luke Skywalker and Han Solo and put them into one character with Bill Pullman. Uh Oh, hang on. No, I had one more one more thing. I was trying oh, to remember my one point. One more VeggieTales point. Yeah, okay. Maybe VeggieTales is like <laughs> cuz we were trying I don't know how we, we first got it. So I think it what if it's like in the horror movies or like the urban legends where it's like, I thought you bought that tape. I thought you bought like, what if it just showed up in the house? What if it's like a sinister campaign by like the the church that's like just mass mailing them to houses like how there's a Gideon's Bible in every hotel room? Oh, yeah. Like they just were like, this house has children in it. Here's a veggie tale. Honestly, feels nefarious enough. Because I, I, I truly don't know when when w- that we got it or like where it came from or how we heard of it. Yeah, no, I don't. I mean, I just knew it was in the house. So, yeah. like I said, it, it just has the feel of a fast food giveaway tape. I agree. Um, so we get Pizza the Hut here. He kind of threatens uh, Bill Pullman and John Candy. Pizza the Hut, a really 
disgusting monster. It really is gross to look at. Even I guess someone who had a queso fountain at their graduation party and like that's right i forgot about that yeah and then turns out queso melts at a lower at a higher temperature than chocolate does so by the end of the night also it didn't stay liquid also the problem was like there was stuff in the cheese because it was it wasn't just melted cheese yeah it was queso and so like the but it wasn't too chunky because it was it was kaltor queso so it wasn't like right but it was the Kaltor bits had just like exactly enough bits of tomato and pepper to remind you that it wasn't liquid cheese. Yeah. And it would, that's what clogged it. I think it was also the fact that the, the like spiral thing, the like yeah, oil yeah. drill essentially. Yeah. It, it, auger. Oh, the auger got solid, all the cheese solidified in there because cheese doesn't melt at the same temperature as chocolate. Right, right. Uh, yeah. No, it was, it was pretty gross. No, it was great. Cheese. Che- at the end the of the night, it was solid gross. Solid cheese in the auger is gross. That's what I'm talking about. But that was not great. During the party, it was fabulous. <laughs> also, who actually uses a chocolate fountain like regularly in their adult life? If you have a chocolate in fountain, any life you ha- you were gifted it as a gag, or you found it at a thrift store. So who cares if you throw it away because it's filled with cheese? <laughs> Which I think is what happened. I'm sh- I mean, I would imagine that dad was like, we are not cleaning cheese out of this auger. <laughs> I think dad was probably like, yeah, we can do this. It's an excuse for me to get rid of a gadget. <laughs> this will last exactly one night. <laughs> Perfect. Um, so, yeah, Pizza the Hut was uh, different sources say different things. The thing I read was talking about liquid pancake batter that was like kind of cooking under the set lights and smelled awful and like pepperoni was dripping everywhere yeah i heard that the first version was actual melting cheese which burned the actor and he so he had to get replaced it also the head weighed like some absurd amount and they had all these tubes running up it to like make the pumps go and this poor actor like was in this hot thing couldn't move they had to like spray him with a spray bottle through the mouth and it wasn't even his own voice no no uh, we have two good g- gags back to back right after Pizza the Hut. We have the uh, Leia headphones and then a riff on the like, you know, you can't hear me because you're listening to music thing. Yeah, which I like it more here because it is setting up the reveal that these are headphones because yes. because our brains is so like entrenched with iconography of Star Wars. Yes. Like we see brown hair and the two buns and it's like, oh, it's, that's that's just space hair. And then it yeah. reveals yeah. the fact that, oh, no, these are headphones. Yeah. And then the great follow-up to that is the uh, the Perry air, canned air that Mel Brooks is huffing because there's, you know, bad ox- bad air where they are. It's so brilliant. And I, like, this would have been a great piece of merch to make and sell, but I like, yeah. I know they had their whole- You just put a drink in there. You could, or just sell an empty can. Who cares? Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um, just sell an empty aluminum can. I think it if the agreement were to be struck now, Mel Brooks probably would have been like, hey, I, I'll make- I won't make any children's merchandise, but I'll make a few adult collector things. I think if the agreement was was now, Disney would be like, uh, no. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because I, so Disney is releasing a sequel to Enchanted finally called Disenchanted. Um, it looks really good. Really pumped about it. But I am not con- I'm not unconvinced that they are making their movie called Disenchanted to beat out the search engine results for the spoof musical that was off Broadway called Disenchanted that I directed in Delaware. 
Isn't that also the name of that show that was on? That Netflix was Disenchantment. Oh, okay. Uh, the um, the the Disney and Star Wars stuff. The the robot chicken people made and fully pro- it's like fully done there's multiple seasons of a robot chicken-esque riff that's all st- it's not the it's from the robot chicken guys i think it's animated though but it's just like a star wars thing it's not stop they motion like, or it is i can't remember what the animation style is but they they announced this before the disney deal like years before the disney deal and they fully created more than one season of this show. Like, it's done. Wow. It's fully animated, recorded, done. It's finished product. And Disney just, when they bought Star Wars, were like, no. I thought parody you didn't need approval. So the this was created by Lucasfilm. Oh, shit. Gotcha. So Lucas was like, yeah, sure, we can do a Star Wars thing. Like, this is, yeah, we'll make a fun of Star Wars. And he was like, if anyone's going to do it, why shouldn't it be us? And so, like, they were involved. Like, George Lucas was involved in the show. Like, not, I'm sure he wasn't, like, you yeah. know, to the tiniest of d- details, but he was involved. And, you know, with Seth Green and those guys, who are all obviously huge Star Wars nerds. If you ever watched one episode of Robot Chicken, you probably saw a Star Wars joke. Like, they, they were obsessed with it. Mm-hmm. And they, they they were like, yeah, you should do it for us. And like, okay. And they're like, they talked about it being this, like, dream come true scenario. And then they just, Disney was just like, nah. Much like this whole HBO Max nonsense. I'm so scared. Because they're already taking <laughs> shit away. Yeah. Oh, they did. You know what's funny, though? I didn't realize this, but, like, a bunch of those movies got released on DVD and Blu-ray. Like, the stuff that they have, like, pulled away from streaming. Like, the... Dylan Sprouse Moon movie with oh, the yeah. girl from that Netflix show, like that one, and then the they it was like was it Chiwetel Ejiofor and Anne Hathaway like this odd yeah lockdown like rom com it was like a pandemic rom com yeah yeah so like you can buy I don't know maybe they maybe they pulled them too but like, I was in the library and I was like oh isn't this that movie that HBO Max has like just decided to erase from existence and there's just like a copy in my library so presumably you could buy the DVD you know hmm. if not retail on ebay or something well because i know like netflix will release stranger things seasons on dvd right so they had done that for a bunch of these hbo things and then also apparently at the emmys uh chippendale rescue rangers was considered a tv movie yeah this whole streaming category shit sucks because i was like i was like that was not a tv movie you made that like a theatrical film Right. right it's stupid streaming counts as whatever you want it to count as yeah, if you if you want it to be theatrical, you stick it in four theaters and it's theatrical. And then, you know, there's like all these dumb loopholes like Netflix will put movies out for a qualifying run, which is like, you know, X, Y days at which I guess. So, so I think then that should be the thing. But I guess the problem is that Disney like was it turning red or something? I think turning red is considered a, yeah. a Disney plus original. And I was like, what? That's a, yeah. a whole ass movie. Right. Yeah. Very good, by the that way. Pick, there's there's been some consternation with Pixar over what Disney has decided to put out in theaters and what hasn't been put into theaters. Hmm. Because like Lightyear was theatrical, but Turning Red wasn't. Yeah. And then uh, Light Lightyear went to the streaming real fast. Right. Well, it's only thirty days now. So. Oh, is that um, what it is? Because I noticed the the new Thor movie is on stream is on Disney Plus already. It's between thirty and forty five, depending on the studio. I mean, I'm here for it because I I just want to like be able to watch things at my own pace. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I'm a big movie theater person, and it's just it's difficult to get there sometimes. And yeah. just yeah. Like yeah, there's definitely movies that like I'm like this is a movie theater movie, and then there's movies I'm like I can probably watch this on my big ass TV and be fine. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, my favorite gag in this whole thing, I think, is the the whole sequence here where he's talking to his no, second or third in command here. Commanderette uh, Zircon. She's in a Nazi uniform. and She's um, actually she's not. Like, she is the least Nazi because she's got the pointy shoulder. She's like silver with pointy shoulders. Oh, this feels like this feels like a Broadway Nazi to me. No, because someone there is a later moment where someone is like in an all black like stormtrooper look, like yeah. Nazi stormtrooper, not not Star Wars right. stormtrooper. Right, 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 right. Uh, and says Yavol dark helmet, and helmet does a full like huh. <laughs> but so she's talking to Mel Brooks, and you know he's like, I- I'll come look myself, and like, do you want me to do you want us to beam you down? He's like, no, I'll walk. He's like, no, let us beam you down, and they do the whole like you know the snotty joke. I think is pretty weak sauce I, I i'll call it like i see it yeah calling scotty snotty is not very creative and the guy isn't snot like he should have a runny nose like that should be the gag yeah doesn't. or i feel like He's the Scottish. alternative should have been it was a scotty dog it should have been named scotty and right honestly the best joke would be to just have it be james Doohan from star wars sure. from star trek like w- wouldn't that not be the funniest version of it is like it's the actual guy i mean i wouldn't know that if I saw it, but if I saw a Scotty dog in a little like, like <laughs> golfing cap at the control you would panel, know Scotty, you've seen two Star Treks. You would know <laughs> four him. years ago. When is the last you time we did a Star Trek? We did two Star Treks four years ago. Um, you would know him. You would get the joke. Like it would be obvious. You'd be like, "Oh, this is an old man. This is clearly it's it's." You it would, think that's funnier work. than the Scotty dog with the hat on? I do. Yeah, I do. You're, I don't like. I don't, you know how I feel about dogs. You're fooling yourself. A Scotty, the tiny uh, dog with the hat. Like I don't like Scotty dogs. They're they're yippy and annoying. I had two friends who I had friends who had them and I did not care for them. Yeah, but Toto wasn't yippy. Mm, I bet he was IRL, bitey. Toto, Toto was pretty nippy. Yeah. Anyway, he beams him over and his ass is backwards. It's it's like Why a classic. Did tell like, me my ass was so big. It's like a classic little kid thing of like putting the clothes on backwards. It just is a good, stupid joke. Mm-hmm. And then they put him back. And then the second beat of this joke where the rooms are adjacent to each other is just that mwah, is it's perfect. brilliant. Mel Brooks just knows how to write comedy. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, this is this is like the, the pinnacle of Mel Brooks type jokes. It's like very silly. Uh, you know, I don't. I, it's silly, but aware that it's silly i guess is is sort of how it lands for me of like it's it's just elevated yeah, it's silliness. a clever silliness yeah it's smartly dumb is how i always like to say yes it. yeah 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 that's a good that's a good way to put it so the uh space ball because space ball is a race is the race of people we i don't yes. really mention that so like their ship is coming in on princess which, vespa which, which is still confusing to me because it's like the helmets kind of look like a ping pong ball and i always feel like that should be part of why it's a space balls thing well, I mean, the the ball helmet is part of it uh, because they're space balls. Right. Or like coming up on Princess Vespa and Dark Helmet says to fire a warning shot across her nose, which like when someone says warning shot, I think one blast. Right. But they this is a they fire like 20. It's like the a fucking fireworks display, a finale. Yeah. Um, and he says, he's like, who's I said across her nose, not up it. A guy who's cross-eyed turns around. And he's like, yes. who made that man a gunner? And then another cross-eyed man turns around. And we get the great, he's an asshole, sir. General asshole. That's his brother. Yes. Gunner asshole. Yes. Yes. Major asshole. Major asshole. 
uh, yeah, that, and then the 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 third beat being, uh, yeah, how many assholes are on this ship? And it, yo, it's half everyone except one. Yeah, uh, and then we follow that up with Michael Winslow, who just like even as a kid, I was like, this guy made this a career. <laughs> it's kind of incredible. It is, but like, I don't think I think he would be a great like TikTok star or something today. Yes, yes, he would not be in movies. No. Although he was, they did include him on um, this, uh, it's like College Humor's next level thing called Dropout, now that like, College Humor oh, isn't yeah. a thing anymore. Yeah. Um, I subscribe on and off because I like some other shows, but the one show is called uh, Game Changer, where every episode is a brand new game show and the contestants don't know what they're playing. Oh, that's fun. Um, but the one they, it, the, sometimes they'll have a game samer, where it's the same one as before, and they have these uh-huh. three guys who are good at improv and sounds and voices, and they just kept bringing him back but one time i think during the pandemic they couldn't get one of them back so the the uh the ceo sam reich or whatever reached out to michael winslow and was like would you mind doing this and so he was like a surprise guest that the other two were like oh it's it's gonna be us two and our and our and our buddy and then it was like and michael winslow and they were like oh my god that's amazing mm-hmm. so he was in there Good he's like him. got his own stuff doing his little like boop like all his weird little yeah. sounds. It was so cool. Yeah. No, I mean, it is an impressive talent. It just is like, I cannot believe that he got a 10 year run as a movie actor out of this. Yeah. Uh, Cause he's uh, a radar tech or, you know, op- operator yeah. viewer or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Cause we get another great visual pun where he says, not if we jam the radar and they literally drop a glass yes. jar of jam into a radar prop. <laughs> Which then like starts bleeding into his screen, like he can lick it on yeah. the screen, and it's jam. Yeah, all that's delightful. And then I really like the fact that they're just like, ah, who cares? They put one ship on top of the other. They drop a ladder down. He literally knocks on the roof. <laughs> they open a hatch and just like walk through space. There's not like we're not even gonna pretend. Yeah, to, to it's fine. You can breathe in space. Whatever. Right. Right. It's like it would not have been that hard to drop like a. <laughs> Uh, I'm picturing like one of those things that dogs run through, like uh, like the like tube that they lay on the ground, like for, oh, like, the West or like a hamster, a hamster thing, too. Yeah, yeah, but the, uh, yes, the, yeah. But I was thinking of the, like the big outdoor ones that you know sometimes they put them out for kids to play with yeah. too. But yeah, it's just like you could have just thrown down a white one of those. Like, nah, we're we're just gonna do a ladder. It's fine. Well, this uh, on this viewing, I've never I never noticed this before, but I loved it when um dark helmet like licks the the jam and i think it's yeah. raspberry yes it is he's like because it's like give him the raspberry is the bit oh you're right like so it's on your it's own. dark helmet and then colonel sanders is to his left and he's like oh raspberry i hate raspberry and the camera starts to push in and then colonel sanders looks at the camera and realizes and acknowledges that it is pushing in on dark helmet and makes a face like oh gotta get out of the way and then backs away so that the camera can continue to push in tight to colonel to dark helmet yeah it's this beautiful like like subtle face acting moment that i was like how have i never noticed that before that's beautiful yeah 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 he's good i i i looked him up and i He's a bald guy, or at least the picture I saw of him was bald. And I, it was just one of those, like, I totally could not play. Like, I totally realized that I had seen him and stuff, but because he had the hat on the whole time, yeah. the way they, you know, yeah, I just didn't didn't make the connection. So they climb up the ladder. It's uh, Dot Matrix and Princess Vespa and John Candy carrying just an absurd amount of, of printed luggage. I've always wanted, like, 
if I ever have like a set of luggage, I want it to be like matched luggage like that. It's just mm. there's something so like chic about it. Yes. Uh, really good to have luggage with no wheels. That's that's they all have wheels now. Oh, OK. Or you get a cart. That seems like a huge pain in the ass, but mm. you do you, King. I've also almost bought the spoiled rotten vanity plate or spoiled rotten one vanity plate. Oh, nice. Because my car has a front um, license plate holder. And I was like, oh, I'll get like something from a movie. But a lot of them look like real license plates. And I was like, I don't want to. I don't know what the legality is of actually putting one of those on your car. Yeah. Um, yeah. And the one from Back to the Future, the future one doesn't. They're all like, just like in the movie, there's no holes. And I was like, okay, but like, what if I want to put it on a car? <laughs> what am I supposed to do? With That's this? cool. But yeah, I don't have a future space car. <laughs> I don't have a big <laughs> magnet panel. Um, and so I was like looking at that one and I was going to do that. And I was like, ooh, Spoiled Rotten is like a very like niche reference, I feel like. Yeah. And yeah. doesn't look like a real one, like a real like license plate. Mm-hmm. But then I ended up going with Jurassic Park. Mm. Um, the vessel's empty. Uh, so, you know, Darth Helmet gets all mad. They realize that Lone Star has them. We get the... Uh, In the shape funny, of a Winnebago. Yes. Yeah. Uh, funny, she doesn't look Druish. <laughs> Uh, we get the hyperspeed and then <laughs> the the very good sequence with Colonel Sanders and uh, Dark Helmet being like arguing over jumping to ludicrous speed without, you know, speeding up first. And Rick, of course, is, you know, damn the torpedoes. No, my, fa- fire, my fire. favorite is they must have turbo jet. They must have turbo jet turbo jets on that thing. And he goes, hey, what do we got on this thing? A Cuisinart? <laughs> So they, <laughs> Colonel Sanders is running down this ridiculously long list of like, <laughs> secure, secure the animals, all the at the animals zoo. in the zoo. Very good. Like just, it gets longer and longer. And Rick, of course, closed down frustrated. the stores in the mall. Yes, Board up the yeah. Cinnabon. Yeah. I really, it's like, I get why they didn't because it would be very expensive and isn't that funny. But I do think that if there was a gag of like them putting elephants in seatbelts or like, you know, a, yeah. a giraffe in a seatbelt or like the people rolling. They should have gone, those... gone to a mall and just had footage yeah. of people in stores like rolling down the shutters. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, they launch Rick, of course, won't put a seatbelt on. So he's it's very obviously just him like laying on a table, <laughs> which is. Oh, I thought it was really him. Great... He got his feet lift like on a wire. I. You never, you do see his whole body in a second, but like the the close ups, I'm talking about the close ups. Oh, the close ups. It's just his face, which it, to me is like very obviously just him laying on a table with the camera under him, and they're just like shaking the table, like two. Oh, two probably. Yes. Yeah. Are just like, all right, ready, one, two, three, go. And they're just shaking the table, and he's like, we have to slow my down. Brains are going into my feet. <laughs> yeah. And then they go plaid. Uh, yes, and leap past Lone Star and the crew. Uh, and then he's like, we can't stop. We have to slow down first, which of course Rick won't do. And this is like a great Looney Tunes moment of like the helmets all bust that he crashes. The helmets all broken up. He's all he's dazed like, and loopy. Yeah. Yeah. His glasses are all messed up. It's just very good. It just letting Rick Moranis cook. Mm-hmm. This is where I realized I was like, oh, Princess Vespa is beautiful and has amazing hair. <laughs> she didn't. She she was on. I think she was on the original Melrose Place. Is was it's sort just of her, so like, weird that she didn't do much because she's good and funny and capable and yeah. pretty. Like all the yeah. benchmarks of an actress in the eighties, like that they would allow yeah, to be an is, actress. Yeah, I think she got on. I think 
she was definitely on the Melrose reboot for a decent chunk of episodes, but I think oh. it was like her reprising her character. Was Melrose the original place like a soap, like a teen soap? It's more adult, I think, than that. But yeah, okay, it's like it a soapy, like, like a nine hundred two one zero type, but adults. I think it's, I think it's more adult than nine hundred two one zero. Okay, I think it's all adults. I don't think they're teenagers. I think it's gotcha. just adults who live in the same apartment complex. Uh, so this is the jumbo hair dryer gag, which is you know, well they crash on the planet. Love, yes, and they're they're walking through the desert with the luggage. But you know, I love as I've said before, I think on the podcast, definitely in real life, I love a small version of a big thing or a big version of a small yep. thing. Very into that. So the jumbo hair dryer, very funny. Later we get the combing the desert with the jumbo size combs. Love it. Also beautiful. It's it's Muppet energy. Yeah, yeah. I just recently found out that not far from where I live is like. At one time was the world's largest chair has now been surpassed by others, but it's just like a huge chair. How fun. And I was like, I got to go see this chair. <laughs> I also like uh, the, the the bit everybody remembers from this movie, I feel like perhaps is the one where they watch the movie in the movie. It is. <laughs> uh, is also, we forgot to mention thing. that the, the button on the hairdryer bit is that they l- forgot it behind and are still carrying oh, right. the the suitcase or the trunk. Yes. Which doesn't seem to have anything else in it, which is also funny that like it's it's in a trunk four times the size of it with nothing else inside. Yeah. And the the other great thing about the Spaceballs, the VHS bit, is that it's not only that bit, but then there's this like amazing wordplay of then and now that goes yes. on for so long, but like is really well sustained. It's it's an updated version of the Abbott and Costello who's on first gag. Well, not Abbott and Costello. I know it's an old vaudeville routine, vaudeville routine. But, like, it's it's an updated version of that gag. It's the same energy, but... A when will then be now? Energy. Soon. <laughs> when was then? We just passed it. When? Now. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. It's It's gotta be the hardest scene to shoot in the whole movie. Oh, I'm sure, because you can't... It's gotta be a one-take moment. Right. It's And it's a tongue twister, the whole thing. I wonder if they do cue cards for stuff like that. Like behind, I feel like that would trip you up worse. Like trying to read it and process it feels harder than just learning it. I don't know. I mean, if I if, like, if I learn it, having it there as like a visual crutch if I need to look at it wouldn't. I don't think would throw me off too bad. Yeah, I don't know. I my uh, my hunch is no. I feel like that would mess people up, but you never know. Um. So we cut back to the planet, and um, Vespa and Lone Star are bonding. He says he's from the Ford Galaxy, which apparently was uh, was a car. But also yes. Harrison Ford. Yes. Um, Works on multiple levels. Yeah. And as they're about to kiss, uh, Dot Matrix's virgin alarm goes off. Which which probably contributed to my, I think I've said this on a podcast before, I think it was in particular when we were talking about the Monster Squad episode, but I'm sure it was something mom said to me, but it was like, oh, because uh, the Monster Squad, they need a virgin mm-hmm. and they, you know, the little girl. And it's like, oh, well, what's a virgin? Uh, someone who's never been kissed. And it's like, I don't remember that. Just like reinforced the the notion that that's what a virgin was. I must have missed that in this movie because I was convinced growing up that virgin meant you'd never drank alcohol because. Oh, virgin drink. Because virgin drinks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was the only context I ever heard it. So I remember in Monster Squad being like, yeah, just get someone who's never had a drink. Yeah. Yeah, Because like when the girl was like, it doesn't count. It was with so-and-so. I was like, well, if you did it, if you drank, like I like couldn't process like the drinking alcohol (laughs) moment with that. Meanwhile, your logic is sound for both. For both. Yeah. (laughs) It's like, it doesn't matter if you don't think it counts. Yeah. No, I I definitely asked and I was definitely told someone who's never been kissed, which, you know, feels like what you would tell a child. Fair enough. That's close enough. 
Yeah, yeah. Um, also, I've never, I mean, if I had caught it before, I never noticed it, but they, you know, they, they resolve the no kissing thing. And it's like, everybody gets some sleep. John Candy and Bill Pullman are talking to each other. Mm-hmm. And he's like, yeah, when that sun comes up, it's going to be brutal. And then John Candy says, nice dissolve as the, as right the after fire. it dissolves into the sun. Yes. Yeah. I was like, man, that's delightful. It's so beautifully stupid. They all collapse um, in the desert because it's so hot. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I don't know if you caught him. It's you know sort of blinking, you miss it. But one of the uh, Jawa esque the peoples, Dinks, which they call Dinks, yeah, uh, is uh, Tony Cox, the the actor who was in Bad Santa and also the Psych episode of that's basically It's a Wonderful Life where oh. they talk about Bad Santa. I don't remember this. I, I recognized him. I was like, "Holy cow, hmm. cow! Is that Tony Cox?" And I looked him up, and sure enough, it was. I didn't know. I didn't know his name. Oh. But I was like, "Is that the guy from you know Bad Santa?" Apparently, R.L. Stein wrote the novelization for this movie. Is that right? And gave all of the Dinks names. Oh, they all have names on the IMDb. Oh, do they really? Yeah. I'm, I'm guessing it came from R.L. Stein. Or some of them have names, some of them don't. But they it's all like, say Dink at least. It's very much like the the ghosts in Pac Man. It's like Dinky, Rinky, Splinky, Drinky, and Squinky or something. Uh, so yogurt has the sort of Wizard of Oz intro here. I'm <laughs> just giant thing that's little. I forgot they did Wizard of Oz for this. Yes. And I was like, oh right. And then he comes out and I'm just plain yogurt. Also, uh, the whole like giant thing that's maybe small. I was I didn't you don't will not get this. But Snoke in the in the new trilogy was like a giant thing. Yeah. And people were like, is he small? Oh, you did see that. OK. It was like, is he big or is he small? And I was thinking like watching this is like, oh, this is kind of prescient. It's a Snoke bit. Yeah. Also, there's a moment where right before this where um, Dark Helmet is in his like safari gear. Mm-hmm, on like a mm-hmm. like a land speeder moment thing, the, the combing the desert. It's right before that, so it's he's like on a a speeder that looks like it's floating on the desert. Mm-hmm. And on IMDb, it's like it explains how it works. And as soon as I read that, it's like all I can see that it's oh what was it? It's not suspended on wires or digital or in any way. It's just uh, sitting on a platform of mirrors. And as soon as you know that, if you look at it, oh, you're like, oh, yeah. no, that is a that is a reflection of the sand. That's what that is. Yeah, yeah. That's clever, though. It's brilliant. I think that's also how they did it in Star Wars. Probably. Yeah. Or they probably just, or you could, like, put a mirror next to your wheels to cover your wheels so that way it looks like you're right. floating. I've, I've, seen, I've seen people do that for, like, videos on YouTube and then show, like, the behind the scenes. Like, they made it look like it was a floating motorcycle. Yeah. Um, so this is the great rant about like merchandising, merchandising, merchandising. where the <laughs> yeah, real movie is, from the money is made, which is funny because I don't, I didn't, I'm sure it's in the book, but I didn't remember the thing you said about not being able to do merchandising. And so it's very funny that they do an extended riff about all the merch they could make. Yeah. And I like that the cereal is a hundred percent sugar. <laughs> I didn't clock that. That must be Blu-ray, not DVD. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, the part of the agreement basically, uh, Lucas was like, "This sounds really funny, but uh, you can't you can't make any merchandise." It's funny. I was thinking, watching this, I was like, "Oh, is there a barf action figure?" Because like, I would I would probably pick that up. You yeah. know, it's like I love John Candy. There's probably nothing else John Candy was in that necessitates action figures. I mean, who knows? Today, like, there's probably an Uncle Buck action figure from. Well, I mean, I was from McFarland. I, I was. I was literally about to say, like, if there was an Uncle Buck with the pancake, that would be the ideal. Yeah. Or him with, like, the drill. No, I want the pan. I mean, the drill is also good, but I personally want the pancake. 
I'm surprised that McFarlane never did like a John Candy collection. The, the yeah, I, they they're not really in that game anymore. But really, uh, they were certainly yeah. They they sort of kicked it off and aren't involved anymore. Weird, because like they were the one. Yeah, now there's like 20 different companies that do that. Neca's the big toys, one. Yeah, and Hot Toys, which are like brutally I, expensive. I don't know them. They're the ones that do the like two hundred or three hundred dollar Luke Skywalker with like five different heads and ten different. Oh, I think I see. Them. I saw their Scarlet Witch, and it was yeah, like yeah. four hundred dollars, and I was like, yeah, "Jesus yeah. Christ!" Yeah, 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 yeah. I just i I think they're cool, but just never in a billion years. Yeah, I think I think fifty is probably the most I would spend on something like that. Maybe seventy five. Yeah. It was if it was like it, a bill. It would and have whistles. to be. It would have to be like. I can't even think of what the character would be, but yes, there's probably a character in which I'd be like, yeah, okay. Yeah. I, I really like, so right now there's a lot of uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles action figures, mm-hmm. and they're all based on the cartoon. And so they all have, like, they've been painted with, like, really harsh black outlines to things. Oh, interesting. So they look like an actual, like, uh, like the cartoon, or like, re- yeah, that's yeah. how they would show, like, the the shell or whatever. It's, it's really cute to look at. So... Uh, we do the Schwartz training where Bill Pullman is trying to lift the, uh, the giant statue, the giant statue of yogurt. And we get just like the basis level, like Buster Keaton type gag of it landing on the foot. We get it off the foot and his foot is like four times larger and flat Looney Tunes gag. Yeah. More of a Looney Tunes gag, I guess. But so goddamn funny. Like I knew, you know, it's coming. I've seen the movie before. I still, well, it's, it's just, you don't know what, what, what the, what the punchline is going to be to this scene until you see barf come out. And then it's like, Oh, got it. Yeah. Cause it looks yeah, like a, a training montage, a normal training montage where he lifts yeah. it. And you're like, huh, I wonder, is it going to like shatter when it falls? Like, what are we going to do here? Yeah. But the huge foot thing and the way candy sells it, it's extremely funny. Very good. Mm-hmm. So they, the, the space balls discover yogurt's hideout. And uh, Dark Helmet says, I hate yogurt, even with strawberries. <laughs> yeah, that that's felt uh, that felt like somebody's true life. I'm not sure who's right. And so he uses the Schwartz to lure Vespa outside uh, and they kidnap her. Yeah, he pretends to be the king. Lures her out there. Dot Matrix is desperately trying to stop her, but she's just she yeah, has supervision on. Yeah. Um, so they run inside, you know, the commotion inside and and they tell Lone Star and, um, John Candy, but it's delightful to watch Mel Brooks walking around on his knees because like the, the dinks all go running up at, you know, Bill Pullman barf, they go running out and And he's the the last one behind waddling. He's just like, teeter tottering away. It was so funny. So I, I'd like realized this time that. Because they weren't allowed to make merchandise, they had to make these dolls for this bit with Dark Helmet. Yes, yeah. These that's that's this is the moment where I was like, oh, is there a Barf action figure? And there is not. Yeah, it's crazy. So yeah, him playing with the toys is a, is a fun bit of business. Also, I meant to bring this up earlier, but uh, I don't want to get terribly sidetracked. But did you ever see the whole kerfuffle with the Goldbergs? They did a Spaceballs episode or something similar to it. I heard that they did one. I did not. I did not. The creator was tweeting about President Scroob, like the the president from Spaceballs, the at, Mel Brooks, character. as if he was a person. He was just tweeting about President Scroob being a dingus, like he was talking about Spaceballs. Oh, okay. I thought you were trying to be like he was trying to be funny and like, man, President Scroob has bad policies and blah blah blah. 
Yeah, he was he was like tweeting about President Scroob, like he was tweeting about Spaceballs, but like specifically talking about President Scroob, and it like brought all these Trump supporters out who were like furious, and he he just kept doubling and tripling down on saying things, but he never said Trump, he said President Scroob, and it was like this insane thing to watch of people being like genuinely furious and completely unaware of what was happening, like just totally bonkers. I have never heard someone say one wrong thing right after the uh, uh, right after the other consecutively in a row. Uh, so they they have Princess Vespa all tied up. They threaten to give her back her old nose, which looks like something from the Wicked Witch of the West. Also, her uh, picture says Vespa, comma princess. Yeah, very very good. Uh, and then the. Uh, one, two, three, four, five, the same combination of my luggage, which I thought was the thing I had said before. I couldn't remember. And I was like, 99% sure it was this. But anytime someone says one, two, three, four, five, I say, or I want to say I've stopped doing it because it falls dead. It's never worked. But I go like, oh, that's the same combination of my luggage. And yeah. And just cricket, cricket, cricket. Yeah. So I also, uh, there's a few things in this that I find very delightfully clever and in like, the way that it works on a trope. One is the, like the headphones thing is funny earlier, but here they land the Winnebago in their attempt to like break them out. And there is a guy, they may be their actual stunt doubles. I didn't look, but there's a guy like John Candy sized and a guy, Bill Pullman sized. So that when they do the thing of like, they lure them into a space and then they beat them up and then they take their clothes. Yeah. They, they like, they obviously would fit, which I, it's like, that's never the way that it works. Like it's just, it's always Magically just some fitting. generic. Yeah. Yeah. Also, I, the, the sketch went a little too long for me, but um, I, I was watching an episode of the birthday boys. I've, uh, the IFC sketch show that was uh, years ago, like back when they were doing sketch comedy a lot hmm. and they had a sketch about, two guys that had been beaten up and their clothes were taken, except that they were fully naked. <laughs> and so they were just like sitting, they were sitting naked talking to investigators. That's it was, funny. It's a good I like premise. That. Yeah. So they start to like go through the, through the spaceship to rescue them. Uh, they hear uh, Princess Vespa singing. Uh, nobody knows in her deep voice. Yeah. And as they're like running away, <laughs> we see them like dive through a, a closing door um, which is this is another bit that I love because like it truly doesn't make any sense. Yes, no, because whatsoever. W- they're like, oh, wait, this is the exit. The door's closing. Dive through, and then yeah. they're like, oh, you've been captured because this room is sealed. But then they've they are already away on the ship somehow. Um, yes, yeah. But uh, the the <laughs> this guy is like, turn around and face me, and they all turn around. He's <laughs> like, you idiots! You captured their stunt doubles. <laughs> It's not just some guy. It's the great Stephen Tobolowski. Yeah, I know him from Glee, mostly. He, character actor extraordinaire. Oh, and he was in the uh, remake of Freaky Friday. I mean, I think probably easily 200 credits, if not more. Oh, I would be shocked. Tons. I didn't know it was him until this watching when I was like, hang on. Let me, yeah. let me make he, you he bald always... to put glasses on you. Yes, exactly. He always wears glasses and that, that, that's what throws it off. Also, I think I've told this story on the podcast before, but me dressed as Fay Ray from King Kong was very <laughs> similar to the stunt double that Princess Vespa here. Like the whole that would have been a great like. Similar. I feel like that would be a lovely deep, deep, deep cut con costume. Yeah, I am Princess well, Vespa's stunt double. 
Yeah, yeah. So I I was I had a, a white dress that I made like a fake gorilla hand out of some sweatpants and cardboard. And, uh, you know, I wore this out. Big hit. People thought it was so funny. But at one point during the night, I was going to the bathroom and I went into the men's room and I was standing at a urinal using the bathroom. And <laughs> some dude is yells at me and is like, hey, man, this is the men's room. And I turned around and looked at him and I was like, is it? And then he just just right on thing <laughs> but like i know that from the back it was like a person in a dress with a wig were, were you wigged yes and it, i had a, a, a blonde hair like long blonde hair wig on i the joke the people were like people who didn't get it I'd be like i'm fey ray's stunt double like that was the bit like i was doing the space balls bit because i thought yeah. it was funny but uh i was standing at a urinal i mean gender can be anything so okay okay but if you're yelling at someone for using the men's room and they're capable of standing at the urinal and using it, like, don't you think the equipment is probably correct? Like, what's happening here? Probably. It was it was hysterical to me to get yelled at while, like, mid-pee at a <laughs> urinal. So, like, did you have to take off the glove, the hand, the gorilla hand to go to the bathroom? No, I, I just, like, lifted up the bottom of the dress and rolled it over. Oh, I always assumed that the gorilla hand was, like, detachable. No, the gorilla hand was permanently attached, which made it easier because I just I picked up the hem of the dress in the front. Oh, okay. and I could just I would just roll it up and then hold it hold it with my teeth, and then I could you know get two <laughs> hands to go to the bathroom. I I I designed the thing so that the bottom hand was about at my waist, so that I wouldn't have this problem. Oh, okay, the bottom, that's the smart. pinky finger. That's yeah. smart. So we get. I think one of my favorite moments where Vespa's like, "I hate guns," and then they shoot her hair, and that's what spurs her to be like, "Yeah, you son of a bitch!" And yeah. she goes full uh, uh, Rambo. Rambo. I was trying to do. Oh my god, Sarah Connor! Wow, I could not get oh, the yeah, name Sarah Connor for sure. Yeah, I also we 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 skipped that and it's fine to skip it. But the bit where Candy pulls the like curved pipes off the wall and oh, yeah. holds it at the guys <laughs> shooting him, and the, 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 the lasers go through and back at them is very funny. Um, yeah, very good. But then I uh, another joke I'd never caught before that's like just I actually laughed out loud watching this by myself. The uh, they go to transform the ship so that they can suck the air out of into Mega into Mega Maid, and he goes, preparing for metamorphosis. Ready, Kafka? Oh, yeah, and I love the that guy one. Says, a guy says yes, and I was like, oh, that's very good. That's very stupid, but I like it. Yeah. Also, I was very disappointed in our parents, because I I was talking to Dad about an issue I was having with our, our my laundry sink, because uh-huh. I'm going to guess it's a 60-year-old sink, if not older, so, like, it is old as hell. Sure, yeah. Like, I can't disconnect the, like, S-Bend thing to, like, try and clear out any issues that I'm having. It's all solid. And I was like, I don't really know what to do here. And he was like, oh, does your vacuum go in reverse? And so I said, I I don't, I don't know. I haven't, I haven't made it go from suck to blow. (laughs) And I said this three times in, like, ten minutes to both of them. And there was no reaction. And I was like, well, all right, I guess fine. No, I've not put it in reverse. I guess I'll... I'll take all the whimsy also, out of this. Also, probably not, because it's not a shop vac. I well, guess. that's what he realized. He was like, oh, I'm realizing I'm thinking of a shop vac, not a commercial vacuum. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah, I, I did it, they said it three times, and they didn't get it. I was like, well, fine. <laughs> you introduced me to this movie. 
Yeah, yeah. I also, this is very clever. Like, they have them suck up all the, you know, they show this montage of them sucking the air out. And because you can't really show air being sucked out, they show, like, snow coming off a mountain and then a bunch of trees going up. It's very cool looking miniatures. Mm -hmm. But they almost immediately have Bill Pullman's character, like, flip the switch back. You know, it's gone from suck to blow, like the Joe Gewert is making. And it's just a very clever way to get to use your special effects shot twice. Just reverse it. Yeah, they just put it backwards, and then all the trees go back where they belonged. And the king, you know, who had died, who was like laid down to die, like sits up. He's like, "I can breathe," and it's just very good. Like, you know, you got to be smart when you write your movie. You gotta you get the most out of what you got. And when you're working with a small budget, you're like, "Well, if we do this, I get to use the same exact effect twice." It's like half off, basically. Perfect. So they decide they have to go into Mega Maid's ear to find the self destruct button. Yes, this is very reminiscent of um I my brain wants to say body wars, but we did the inner space. Inner space. No, the movie Inner Space? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I thought you were trying I was like you were talking about the other there's body wars no, and then no, the no. other attraction. So no, I thought no, no, I thought no, you were going for the other attraction. No no, 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 I was I was like inner I was trying to get to the name of the movie which we did on the podcast Inner Space. So <laughs> Bill Pullman is like I'll go out there and do this <laughs> and <laughs> Barf is like wow, that's really brave. I wouldn't go out there. <laughs> he's also uh, the, you're doing all the repeating of the things he says. Oh, praying to God. Which is, yeah, 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 that one gets me every time. Also, this sequence is just Bill Pullman having to like get a sequence of color-coded keys to open doors. And I was like, what is this, a D&D campaign that I wrote? <laughs> he, he tries... Like, the, everybody's first D&D campaign is just like a sequence of puzzles and fights that end up with keys of different colors that open different doors to get out of places. Oh, okay. Uh, so he tries to do the Vulcan neck pinch on a guy, and he's like, no, 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 it's much lower. And then he does it correctly, and he collapses. Yeah. Great gag. There, that's the, the, that's not quite fourth wall breaking, but almost, but there's like a few of the similar type like meta gags that the, the him being like, no, you're not doing it right, and then going down, and then uh, just a few minutes later, when he, the the big showdown fight, they have um, is it helmet? Who helmet kills, kills the sound someone. guy. Yeah, kills a sound guy who just like does like a Wilhelm scream and falls down. They have they use the the lightsaber, the Schwartz lightsaber, is like a dick. Yeah, they go tip to tip at one point, which they, I thought was very funny. They like do. Zipping and zapping, then they get all twisted around. They have to. It's like, well, if I put my foot up here and then push, <laughs> then you know they separate each other. They yeah, it turns into those those cheese sticks, the yellow and white also, cheese sticks. Yeah, yeah, the trash cheese sticks because you can't peel cheddar cheese. Yeah, no, you can spill, you can swirl those. That's what I love about them. You can undo the two, but then you can't you undo the, the corkscrew. Well, you can do the the mozzarella. Okay, but the corkscrew the 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 visual of the fresh corkscrewed cheese stick is very appealing to me. <laughs> it looks very. I've recently cool. recently gotten back into the cheese sticks. It's a great snack. Love a cheese stick. If you uh, bite also, a mozzarella cheese stick, you're a monster. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. This is crazy. I I we have a friend who has like a small child who cannot do the peeling. Oh, and so well, he's like too little yeah. to do peeling, and so I was like what are you doing? She's like, he can't do it. And so my choice is like, I give him a cheese stick and then I don't have to be involved or I <laughs> peel it and he eats it. And like, which one would you choose? And I was like, I get that. 
I feel like I would just peel it all on a plate like spaghetti and give him the yes, plate. Yes, but then but her thing is like if I if I just unwrap it and hand it to him, the snack time I have finished That's the fair. duties That's of a fair. Parent. It's like it's I'm done. Um this I never noticed noticed this before, but Bill Pullman's stunt double is very obvious, and he's like not even doing stunty stuff for like the backflip part. Yeah, he does a backflip, but that's kind of it. But like the stunt double is there to just do like yoga yoga poses. He's doing like you know warrior pose to avoid these things. It's not complicated choreography here. Yeah, it is weird. It must be a situation where it's like. They were they were doing second unit stuff and they had like Bill Pullman filming something else. Like that's the only. Oh, maybe answer. yeah. Because well, that's this was his like first movie, wasn't it? I don't know about first, but certainly very early in his career. Yeah. Also, I meant to say this before, but the Alamo Draft House here in D.C. has a hall of uh, movie presidents in the lobby. It's like part of the decor, mm-hmm. and they have a full statue of Bill Pullman doing the speech from Independence Day. Oh, you told me about the, this. I, I think I sent you a picture of it when we went, but also like carved into the stone behind him or it looks like carved into stone behind him is the speech. Is President Scrooge in this hall too? I didn't see him, but it's possible. Um, so Dark Helmet. Probably not because they're American presidents and he's not. Oh, okay. They're movie American presidents. Was Morgan Freeman the president in that Channing Tatum movie? I don't remember what he was president in, but he's definitely president. No, that's Jamie. Th- Morgan Freeman was president in a movie, but not the Channing Tatum one, because Channing Tatum was uh, Jamie Foxx. Oh, I think Morgan Freeman must be in the um, Gerard Butler one, right? Yeah. Gerard Butler. Because yeah. there is a large painting of Morgan Freeman in that area. Um, So Dark Helmet is like, I, rec- I respect your, your talent. Put her there. And he tricks him to pull off the ring and drops it down the grate. And then and the the gloating like a child bully is very funny. It's perfect. And then <laughs> yogurt shows up and he's like, "I got it in a cracker jack box. The Schwartz is inside you." Yeah, I also uh, I love like there's two times that yogurt pops back into the movie, and both times he's like sort of able to interact with them, even though you don't think you should be able to. Interact with them. <laughs> yes, he's he like theoretically like- he looks like he's a force ghost, but yes. also. He is completely able to interact with the people in the movie. And so uh, Lone Star for, uh, Schwartz's a mirror over to himself so he can deflect a laser blast to the dick and knock Dark Helmet into the... Uh, a lot of dick-related trauma. In a this lot movie. of dick trauma. And he crashes into the self-destruct button that underneath said, don't push unless you really, really, really mean it. Yes. There's also a great... Uh, I forget who says the line, but like it's irreversible. Like my raincoat. Yes, I know. It's, Colonel Sanders says it's irreversible, and then President Scroob says, like, my raincoat. And it's yes. so stupid. Yeah, yeah. A genuine laugh for me. Uh, this this Spaceballs theme song is kind of insane. It's like weird. That you spent money on, like, uh, in a movie where the budget is limited, that you spent any money to have this, like, 80s pop, poppy And didn't just made. use it as, like, the theme song or, like, right. the opening. Like, o- you buried credits. it. Yeah. yeah. Also, they, speaking of Nightmare Before Christmas, they do the same joke as Nightmare Before Christmas, where he says, uh, President Scrooge says, I'm a president. I can't make decisions, which is the same thing that the mayor says, which is, I'm only an elected official. I can't make decisions by myself. This is this is like a classic goof. I think one of the the Friday, is it Fri- one of the Friday movies? I forget, but it's like, uh, my brain's turned to shit. Oh, that's why you're a congressman. Yes. <laughs> yeah, this baseball uh, song is so weird. 
Yeah, it's it's like very much in the style of the the Monster Squad credit song, and like this was very popular at the time. Don't get me wrong; it's it's definitely like of the era. But it's just like, but why did you spend the money on this? It, it also like doesn't. So the lyrics are like, if you're living in a bubble and you haven't got a prayer, then you better get worried because we're gonna steal your air. Uh huh. And I'm like, it's, I think it's I think it's if you're living in a bubble, then you haven't got a prayer. Gotcha. Okay. Um, and then it's like, what, uh, what you've got is what we need, and all we do is dirty deeds where the space falls. And I'm just yes. like, what is this? Who is yes, this for? Right. Yeah, exactly. Like, very clearly, Mel wrote it. Like, has I didn't check the credits, but, like, I would bet a finger that he had to be the guy who wrote it because he loves music. And it's, like, very clearly that was part of it. It's just like, oh, I'm just going to do a song. It's just like, I mean, I guess... <laughs> This seems like a waste of the money and time, but okay. It's so weird, but it's kind of a bop. Oh, it's very catchy, and the and it's like of this style of music that I like, which is like almost disco-y influenced. Yeah. Um. So everyone, everyone gets off the ship. Apparently, the like visual of the escape pod—that's like this sort mm-hmm. of insert shot—was from a Star Wars movie that didn't get used. Oh. Is what I heard. So okay. basically, it was like it's a an an artifact. No. Um. Maybe artifact. It's it's that word, that phrase for when you're like making things in like digital effects. Uh huh. A stock like, effect? No, it's not a fact. But like you're like, oh, this is my artifact for a shoe or whatever. Uh, I can't think of the real word. I don't. Know. But basically, they were Reference? like, sure. They were basically, we have this footage, and we we didn't use it for Star Wars. Do you want it? And they were like, yeah. Oh, nice. Um, uh, yeah, it's just a sequence of pods going, and this is like more of the same fun stuff from before, where they're talking about like a zoo, and it's like the, the bearded lady steals the president or uh, dark helmets pod, mm-hmm. the pizza man which, steals someone which has it has dark helmets helmet shape over the door to indicate. Oh, I didn't his. even catch that. Oh yeah, it's huge. It's like a giant helmet outline around his pod. Oh, I'll have to look that look for that. And then it's let the only one left on the ship are Colonel Sanders, Dark Helmet, and President Scroob. And then the uh, like PA narration lady is like, "This is your last chance to push the cancellation button." And they go cancellation button, and all of them go to a separate staircase that goes down, and they each do a different like f- slide, fly, whatever down the stairs. Yeah. And it's so good. Yeah, it is. It's also visually very cool looking. Like the, they pull back and show them run to them, and then do yeah. The bit. I'm sure uh, it pulls back so that the stunt doubles can be in, but it still looks great. Um, and then the uh, cancellation button doesn't work. It says out of order. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I will say this is kind of like I, I as I'm watching, I haven't watched the movie in a long time. I'm like, this is the end of the movie. What about the alien thing? Because I remembered the sequence mm-hmm. with the chest burster. And I was like, oh, right. This movie has like a false ending and then another 10 minutes. Yeah. Or five minutes, maybe. Yeah. Uh so the countdown is like 10, 9, 8, 6. What happened to 7? And she goes, just kidding. And then when she gets to 1, she says, have a nice day. And they say, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. The the very classic of like someone has just spit in your eye and you thank them because that's the polite thing to do. Yes. Uh, so as we're wrapping up, Pizza the Hut has eaten himself to death. Yes, so they don't owe any money anymore, so they return the princess, and we don't find out immediately, but all they took was, I believe, 248 space 248 bucks? space books for gas, lunch, and tolls. Um, so she is, uh, you know, very, uh, very 
upset when she, you know, she's, she thinks he's just like, you know, a, uh, a scallion. <laughs> he's a scallion. <laughs> and, uh, you know, he's, you know, no down dirty. And, um, I like so the, the gag though I referenced obviously they go to this truck stop they they're also the Millennium Falcon quick. is in the is in the the parking lot oh really I didn't catch that either that's funny. yeah but they order um, they have space they, soup and space special right right and then we uh, we pan down the row and there's a bunch of people who look like they worked on the Nostromo or Nostromo Junior I guess I was gonna say is John Hurt and, the only one from the original in there is it John Hurt yeah. Okay. It's John Hurt. I thought, I thought, you know what happened? I, this is what Shitty happened. DVD? There's, a, there's also an actor named John Hurd. Yes? Yes, there is a John Hurd. Oh, okay. Is that the Home Alone dad? Yes, I believe so. Okay. John Hurt right. is not the Home Alone dad. Okay. This is what happened. I was like, I thought it was the same dude because he says, oh, no, not again, mm-hmm. which is like what the, what the joke is here. And I looked it up and I saw John Hurt and in my head, I was like, that's not John Hurt. Oh, whatever. Okay. It's not, but I think I was thinking of a different actor. So yeah. maybe that's what I did. But yes, um, the, the, the alien comes out and does, um, the WB frog song. Yeah. What is Michigan J frog? I couldn't remember the, Oh, is that his name? Part. Yeah. Yeah. The hello, my baby. Hello, my honey. It's just like, I would love to like have in back in the eighties, just like been able to pick, pick apart Mel Brooks brain because like, how do you think of that? How are you writing your movie? <laughs> Do you go, okay, so then we're going to parody Alien and the chest burster is going to burst out of this guy's chest in a diner. And yeah. then it's going to sing the W, it's going to put on a, a little straw hat, a boater hat, and it's going to do the WB Frog song. Like that's, it's no, so it's brilliant. Great. Yeah. You should read the book because he talks about all this stuff. Oh, really? It's, it's all in there. Yeah. Yeah. I, the book is very good. And, and what is it called? Me, the, mm, I really don't remember. But it's there's it's Mel Brooks autobiography, so it's it'll come up if you look that up. The thing with it is though, I found the first third or maybe forty percent even like delightful when he's talking about like growing up and what that was like where he grew up in Brooklyn and then like getting into TV and sort of the way he kind of like forced his way into comedy and all that stuff. Very very entertaining. He worked in the very early days of television when they were like genuinely trying to figure out like what television should be and like yeah. he worked for a variety show where they would have like a full on opera with Roman gladiator costumes, like that cost all this money and took all this time. And then they'd have Mel Brooks and his gang of writers and friends, Sid Caesar and people just like go out there and do a couple of sketches to like fill time. And then people were like more sketches, less opera. (laughs) And then it just like slowly shifted. So that stuff's amazing. When it gets into the movie part, it gets pretty repetitive in that. Like the story of making a movie is pretty much the same thing every time. Yeah. That's fair. So that part I found a little, you know, tedious, but very funny. So after the WB frog alien goes away, uh, Princess Vespa learns that Lone Star only took 248 space bucks. She's like walking down the aisle to marry Valium at this point. And keeps pausing. It's great. Yeah. And then we cut to the Winnebago where um, uh, Yogurt appears again to tell Lone Star that he is a prince. That's what the medallion that's been around his neck the whole movie means. Yeah, and he had like had him translate it, and he's like, "I'll it, you won't know until it's important." And he gave him this fortune cookie and was like, "At some point, this will be useful to you." And it's like, "Boy, if they had eaten this later, it might have been a big problem, <laughs> right?" Um, I'm picturing it like the uh, when uh, in Brooklyn Nine Nine when Doug Judy made the uh, video in the karaoke bar. 
Oh, I'm yeah, picturing yeah, it yeah. being like a pre-recorded message. So he's like, "Yes, I'm so glad I'm getting you before the princess got married." And it's like ten years later, they just found this yeah. in the bottom of the <laughs> of the glove yeah. compartment. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so they there's a special can of fuel. They go liquid shorts. Yes, so they go back to to interrupt the wedding, and uh, I just cannot believe the getup that that Bill Pullman walks. Where did he get it? I love it. I but where did he get it? Yeah, I needed like barf sewing it up as they walked down the aisle. You know what I mean? (laughs) Exactly. I I whipped this together. Uh, Meanwhile, the bad guys crash onto the planet of the apes, and we get you know this little tete a tete with the two of the ape people. One of them is um. Uh, very famous English it, actor. It's not Bill. actually. It isn't? No, apparently, according to IMDb, he's like, I've tried to get that removed from so many oh, places. Oh, okay, okay. Because it it's uncredited. It's listed everything. And he's like, no, that wasn't me. It okay. just it won't go away. And I can't. <laughs> that's funny. Okay, all right. That's funny. It does sound a lot like him. Like, I bought it. So. Yeah. Um, uh, also, the priest at the wedding keeps getting interrupted by everyone whispering. <laughs> he's like getting so yes. annoyed. Yeah, it's it's pretty funny. But then the so yeah, we get to the okay. He like shoves Valium out of the way. I'm gonna marry her. She Great. shoves. No, let Vespa have that agency. Oh, she's, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm she sorry. shoves Valium. Yeah, but I what I was trying to do is get to the part where like he does the very quick wedding ceremony, which is like a hallmark of Mel Brooks movies. I feel like quickie weddings is like a running Mel Brooks game. Yeah. Do you? Uh, yeah. Do you? Yeah. yeah. Great. Yeah. You're married. Bill Pullman kisses her with his eyes open like some kind of freak. Totally missed that. Really weird. Like, fully open eyes the whole time. Weird. Yeah, totally There's also odd. the great, um, what's your name? Barf. Your full name? Bartholomew. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, I mean, John Candy turns everything into great. That's that's sort of the name. Of everything the name. he touches turns to gold. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, that's that's the uh, the end of Spaceballs. Final thoughts? It's so good. It's so yeah, good. I- I do, like I said, I do like it a little less than I used to. It's not my favorite Mel Brooks. I think that's definitely Blazing Saddles for me. But it's, I mean, it works very well. If you like Star Wars, you, if you like Mel Brooks, obviously this will work for you. If you've not seen it, I can't imagine anyone yeah. listening to this has, has missed this one. Um, I feel like the one I've watched the most is Men in Tights, which definitely does not, cannot hold up. I just, I, there's just no I'm way. I'm so curious to watch it. Um, yeah. I feel like the one I watched the most was this. Okay. And History of the World, because I actually owned that one on DVD. I'm not sure I've ever even seen History of the World. Really? Like, pieces of it, sure, but I don't know that I've ever sat down and watched the whole thing. Yeah, no, I, I definitely watched it a lot. Um, I liked, I really liked that one. Because um, B. Arthur shows up, Mel- Madeline Kahn is there. Okay. Because they do, it's Ancient Rome, the French Revolution, and I know they do a, the Spanish Inquisition song. Okay. But then there's a third one I can't remember. All right. Yeah, I'll check that out at some point. I Probably for this podcast, honestly. Yeah. Well, now that we've opened the bell door. Uh, maybe when that Hulu thing happens. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Uh, yeah, so we are about to begin a super spooktacular. That's right. There are five Mondays in October, which means for us, there will be three episodes. Doesn't always work out that way, but exciting that it does here. So we will have three spooktacular episodes for you this year. Uh, doing some really fun stuff that I cannot wait for. Uh, there will be many bad impressions <laughs> coming your way. So oh, yeah. some of uh, I'll give you a clue for the episode that comes after this one. It's that it has impressions that Trip actually can do. So if you figure that out, you can you can. There's only two of them. Lower I the think, list. So <laughs> yeah, 
um, maybe two and a half. Well, that yes. you've uh, qualified on the show is like these are the two I can do. I think there's one more that I can that I did. He uh, an actor who has appeared that I was like, oh, I did that better than I thought I would. So two that I feel very comfortable with, and one that I will try. But we will see that. That's not first. I Up feel like you should movie. also, if we if you could find it uh, for the next couple episodes, drop in the in universe uh, TV jingle from the last one we're doing because it's a countdown oh (laughs) 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 well yes now we've given clues to two of the three so if you if you've got a keen ear you can figure out what's (laughs) if you can can discern what i'm talking about from my exactly that is the extent of the clue that we will give uh or you can join the patreon where we already told everybody what's coming or we will if we have not yet uh but next will be hello mary lou prom night two which was not supposed to be a prom night sequel (laughs) Was not supposed to be a prom sequel, and the only connection is that they like accidentally used the same name of the high school. So uh, I'm excited to check this out. I've never seen it. I've actually never seen Prom Night, so I'll probably watch that before this as well. Uh, prom Night's not great. Okay, it's that's it's, what I've heard. That's it why is not. slow. I've okay. watched. I've seen well, the remake more than I've seen the original. Is the remake good? Like, the, that... the remake's not bad. I mean, it's a it's an early 2000s remake so it's glossy and a little mean yeah but it's yeah. it's not as mean as i i mean i haven't seen it in a while i don't think it was it's as mean as other things of the time all right we watched a bunch of them recently so maybe i'll i'll, I'll do the remake then but anyway uh so we will see you in two weeks to start the spooktacular thank you so much for listening to the show don't forget to check us out we have a facebook we're on twitter at dissect the 80s we always love to hear from you there visit patreon.com slash dissecting the 80s to get a bunch of great bonus content including a just released episode on American Anthem. Very fun uh, gymnastics bit of weirdness. Uh, just delightfully strange little uh, nugget of, of uh, 80s Olympic fever. So go check that out. Patreon.com slash dissecting the 80s. You get uh, f- uh, at the $5 tier, you get a, I think it's like 30 hour chunk of bonus content. I think so. Uh, ac- across a bunch of episodes. So if you like this show and you want more of it, that's how you can get it. Thank you so much for listening to the show. I have been Trip Lano. I will always be Andrew Lano. Until next time. Don't you forget about me. Dissecting the 80s is a Chum Some of This production. Ow.